Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 290 of Sheila Cow. Hi, Sheila. Hi. Now, we're talking. Yeah, oh, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And the the best thing about modern technology is we're on completely different sides of the world. I absolutely love this, Sheila. Now, before we start, what's the biggest win you've had in the last seven days? Oh, jeez. Um, I don't really know. <laughs> I guess you know. You know. I guess you could call it a win or or a near miss. I was hit from behind, but in a car. Oh. I was totally unhurt. So, like, my car got a little bit of damage, but that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, so I, I consider that a win. Well, no, no, that's the thing. Like, it could have been a lot worse. Like, yeah, it could have... totally, a hundred percent could have been. Like, you know, you're, I was just, I was at a parked. I was not parked. I was stopped at a light, waiting for the light to change, and someone lost control of their brakes, or that's what they said, and. Um, hit hit the back of my car from with their car so and I was you know it was just totally fine luckily thank goodness um but that's my win I guess (laughs) well I I like it the thing I like about that Sheila is that some people would think that's a negative but it's a positive (laughs) that no no but this is great (laughs) <laughs> I think I think the thing we're going to talk about today is obviously ways that you can improve, you know, your family's well-being and um, eating-wise and just different habits you do because you're a certified uh, pediatrician, which is really dedicated to helping people, particularly kids. And I think this is a really important topic and we'll talk about that. But before we did, what was your childhood like? It was, it, do you have this desire to really help people because maybe you didn't have the best childhood or, or is that just, is this how it happened or another reason? I, I had a wonderful childhood. I, I'm one of five kids had, um, you know, two amazing parents who are both still alive. My dad's 90 and my, my mom's in her late eighties. Yeah. Um, so I, a great childhood, but I was overweight I started being overweight myself around, you know, nine or 10 years old. And interestingly, I had, I'm one of five kids and not all of us were overweight. Uh, Two especially were um, thin, (laughs) eating all the same foods, kind of, we all, we all were super active. We played lots of sports and ran around, Um, but I really struggled with my weight as a child, certainly, you know, and, mo- and moving forward, really, um, off and on my whole life, um, until a few years ago, when I really kind of, uh, you know, I learned some new skills that I didn't know. And that was the whole life coaching piece of the weight loss, which is kind of in my mind, like the missing piece that we're all searching for. Um, even as a physician, as a doctor, um, I was over, I was overweight and, you know, doctors really are, are trained or at least where I went to medical school, uh, we are t- trained on kind of calories in calories out model. And, um, you know, that's how a lot of physicians are trained and it's honestly just not working for the vast majority of people. So, yeah, so I had a wonderful childhood. I have an, uh, 11 year old son myself, um, trying to, you know, hopefully offer him a lot of the same 
opportunities that I had as a kid um, and just trying to, you know, create a healthy lifestyle for him and myself. I, I love that. And that would have been hard. Um, and I know for some reason, people just think when people are overweight or kids are overweight or something that they're lazy, but a lot of the time they're, and it's not, and you should never label anyone. It's why we shouldn't judge people, but I can imagine that would have been really hard for you as a kid, nine and 10 year old, when you've got siblings that are not overweight, but you are mm. like, like yeah. that would have just played on your mind constantly. I'm, I'm guessing. Oh, for sure. I, I, I mean, honestly, it, it affected so many things in my life um, for sure. And, you know, the truth is some people gain weight more easily than others. Um, and yes, of course, you know, some people eat more. I probably ate more, a little bit more, but not significantly more, honestly. Um, some people's appetites are more hearty and some, just some people's physiology drives them to eat more. Um, so that's something, you know, us parents, we need to really, uh, understand about our kids and and nobody is lazy nobody is uh you know it's not a moral failing but that's how it's always been portrayed you know we'll just eat less eat less and move more and that is just the worst advice and that just that's just blaming the person who's who's struggling the most so we try to definitely get away from that well it's it's sort of it's like if some if somebody's going through some form of mental health, you don't go just yeah. stop being depressed or you know stop stressing yeah. or you shouldn't be so anxious about that. And essentially, it's exactly the same. You're labeling them with that condition or whatever they already know, and it's just magnifying it tenfold. Mm, mm. And it's all in our culture, like meaning like the uh, marketing to th marketing of things magazines even tv characters and book characters um you know denigrate overweight kids and overweight people they're kind of the bad guys i always think of like harry potter and i you know i i mean amazing stories but just look at that character dudley in that book mm, and yes. how he's a bad kid he's a mean kid he's a dumb kid and it's just like, come on, like, yeah, it's, it's super frustrating. Um, and for all the little kids out there, you know, all of uh, my former, my former little kid self, it's hard to be a kid struggling with weight. If you don't, if, if it matters to you, some kids are totally fine. They really are. And it's, so it's an individual thing, but if you happen to be a kid who's, overweight and doesn't really want to be or realizes like they feel different or they feel you know because some um you know just some bad feelings about themselves they internalize their their weight it's called internalized stigma and that that is just we know that contributes to worse mental health worse well-being for kids um and you know that's one thing most parents really worry about is my, if my kid's carrying extra weight, I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. I don't want them to have low self-esteem. Um, and we really do need to separate the two things completely because in the past, I think it's been super common to connect weight and self-esteem. 
um, but we can disconnect them and help our kids understand no matter what weight they are, they are 100% valuable, 100% worthy. They were like that from the get-go. They're going to be like that forever. And and it has nothing to do with your weight at all. So, so true. And I think this all comes like, yeah, we're talking about, you know, health, like what we eat a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. I think it's more important that it's the narrative and the language we use, like you're just saying there, mm-hmm. Sheila, that we are all different. We're not all the same. And and really? unfortunately we compare ourselves and um, as good as social media is, and like we were saying before you're in America or in Australia, like we're able to do this with technology is brilliant, but it has magnified those issues in society around particularly weight and self-esteem and body image and things like that. Mm. So as families, how can we navigate around this? Because some people are different. Like we're all different shaped, all different sizes. We've all got different personalities, energy. Everything's different. But for some reason, the way we talk about weight, we normally use it as a negative. Um, how can that narrative change? Or particularly as a family, like how can we go differently about this to have a better effect? Well, that's where I recommend talking about health instead of just weight, yeah. because weight is you know, one marker of health. Um, And certainly, um, you know, kids, we really want to be laying the groundwork for a life, a a long life of healthy habits. And so, you know, the good thing about kids is they're always growing, usually up until, you know, until they're done with puberty. And so, you know, even you don't necessarily sometimes even have to lose weight so much as just, uh, you know, either stop the extra weight gain, make a few changes, and kids will oftentimes grow into that. If there is needed, if there is, if they do need to lose weight to get back to either they're having some metabolic problems or they're, you know, having health problems, or they want to get down to a lower weight, they can do that, but slowly over time, not on any kind of drastic diet, but focusing on health instead of weight for the family and being willing to talk about it. What can we do as a family and not just single out the one child? You know, Mm -hmm. for example, when I was a little kid, because I was overweight, I was the most overweight one of the us five kids. Um, one time I went to the doctor and he was an old school guy. And this was back oh, in no. the 70s. This isn't yeah. sounding good, Sheila. <laughs> he goes, he said to my mom, you just got to get her to stop eating. Oh, And I know. Oh. Yeah. And I was like, I was this little kid. I just never went. I refused to go back. I did go back to him for checkups and stuff, but I refused to go back for like a uh, weight follow-up or whatever. So he gave me... He gave my mom, I, you know, I remember it really vividly, a, a green and white. It was basically this big pamphlet that unfolded, like a huge map, like an old-fashioned map. And um, it had every calorie, like the calorie of an apple, the calorie of a blend, whatever. And I was only supposed to eat 1,200 calories a day. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, I was 10 years old, so it's absolutely oh. ridiculous. So it's, it's um, um so listening, family, listening to that. It's, yeah. it's sorry, Sheila. I just, uh, and I know these sort of things still happen. Like, and it's so, uh, it, it just makes me really sad because it's not fair as a 10 year old. 
Like that, that, oh, that, that, that is so unfair for your childhood to somebody to label and burden you with that. It was so embarrassing, honestly. Oh, it, no it, doubt. It, it was so shameful for me, you know, and um, yeah. So, um, and my parents, they, of course, you know, loved me. Like I, you know, they, they, my dad's a doctor. It's not even like they weren't, uh, you know, it's not like they didn't care. It's not like we were, you know, but we did eat a lot of processed foods. We did eat my mom. We did have cookies every day after school. My mom would bake homemade cookies every day. We also ate a lot of Oreos. I don't know, just all the food. Kids love cereal. And for whatever reason, those processed foods that which were just starting in the 80s, when I was, you know, in my in my uh, late childhood and uh, early teens, um, those processed foods, those, those, for some people, the added sugars coming in, trigger this insulin, you know, glucose response and an insulin response, and that leads to weight gain. Yeah. So um, if you look at graphs of when it might be the same in Australia, I'm not sure. But if you look at graphs of overweight in the United States, the trajectory of the graphs really started to take a steep slope up in the 80s when lots of processed foods, lots of snack foods started coming on the market. Yeah. And well, it's, um, it's all that profile. For a it's lot of that, people. Yeah, well, it's all sorry. that process. No, you're all right. I cut you off again. Sure. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. But it's it's all that you don't actually know what's in there because you know, they've got, and a lot of the time it is sugar and we, people are yeah. more aware of that now. And I really do get it. But one thing I'm finding is each time you go to the supermarket is it's so expensive. And if you're regularly going and for families, I get this, um, I've got a young family myself and unless you're organized and smart about it, and it does take time. Um, it is sometimes a lot easier to buy processed food or to get takeaway because it's normally cheaper. Um, and I, I don't, I'm not judging anyone for this because I think we all do it, but it's all about being like with a lot of things. I feel you've got to be organized like, and in life you've got to be organized, but it's exactly the same as this, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly helps to be <laughs> organized and planning in advance. That's like a, that's like a winning strategy for families to help a kid with who's struggling with extra weight, like plan the meals in advance so that you're not last minute, you know, grabbing things on the run and going, you know, going in these unhealthy directions. Um, but yeah, it, it's for sure. It's, it, it takes an effort. It's, it's yeah. not, it's much easier to, you know, buy a bag of something and, snip it and heat it up versus like cooking something from scratch, although with practice. And, you know, if you can get, you know, a few basic cooking skills down, you can have a, a really good, healthy, you know, meal that's, that's doesn't take you hours and hours for sure. Yeah. And it's like anything, I suppose, the more you do something, the better you get at it. Yeah. Um, and it, it just becomes part of your routine. And I suppose yeah. sometimes that's a hard cycle to break, um, particularly if you're talking about like exercise and different things. You haven't done it for a long period of time or reading or or writing, whatever it mm. might be, some form of skill, Sheila, it, it is really hard to start that back out again. And, and I understand it. So a couple of things I've really taken away. I, I think it's crucial to, particularly as a family or even as an individual, plan 
and prepare, you know, and go into a big shop. You actually save money by doing it. Um, it mm. sounds silly, but um, you actually save by doing that. Um, the, the language we use, I think that's really important, not about weight, but just about health because I think mm. that it all falls under the same banner. And uh, I think health is the umbrella that it all comes under. And I think that's a really important, like, way to change the way we talk. Is there anything else that, you know, really – families can just start doing straight away. Like there's some really simple tips that we're missing. Well, one thing that I think is simple and it's like the sleep is what I'm trying to get at. It is so powerful to restore health. Uh, So powerful. And our kids need this so much. We do too, as adults, as grownups, um, but I tend to think of sleep as kind of like a painless thing. Although, you know, I know some parents struggle getting their kids to sleep or, you know, uh, but once they're asleep, you know, but tr- making sure that you prioritize the right number of hours of sleep for your child, because we know that when kids aren't sleeping well, um, well, first of all, their their mood is off, their learning ability, memory ability, but also the hormones that control appetite and c- hormones that control weight, those are also affected. Um, I worked night shift. I worked uh, I worked as a pediatric hospitalist overnight for 10 years, not wow. only nights. I worked a few day shifts like day, day, night, night, day, day, night, night. And it was, um, you know, 7 p.m. until 7 a.m. So I'd been awake all day. Then I would go to work all night and then I would come home and have my son awake. And so I would be awake a lot and I was getting oh. terrible sleep. And my body's response to that, well, it's a cortisol response, right? A stress response. So the hormone, which is dry, which then drives you to want to eat more. Um, and it just, you just feel terrible. When I left that job and took a new job where I slept almost every night, I was able to re-regulate, lose weight. And, you know, I just felt so much better. So I always tell parents, like, especially parents of little kids, you know, if once they go to bed, you might feel like, phew, like, oh, this is my downtime. This is my time to just relax. And you end up scrolling or you end up on Netflix, you know, whatever. Um, But my advice would be go to bed because your overall health, every aspect of your life will improve with more sleep. Mm. Sheila, How's you that basically, for a hard sell on sleep? <laughs> well, you just you basically made me feel bad about what I did last. So I've got a two year old and a and a, and a five month old, and I did exactly what oh, wow. you just said when when they went down. I yeah, um, so yeah. I can completely understand what you're saying. Yeah, I know it's hard. It's hard not to, and that's the thing with these devices that we all have. You know, we find them fun and, you know, they do give us some relief and the dopamine release of, of using them. But, but for our health, like, whoa, sleep is like huge bang for your buck. Mm. So, so true. Even if and, you never did anything else for your kids, make sure they get the right amount of sleep. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And you know, when they wake up, if they've had the right amount of sleep, it's going to be yeah. a good day. Otherwise you're like, Oh, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we all get yeah. that. So I, I think one thing I want to talk about though is, you know, shift work because mm. it's how you see people doing shift work and it is so 
hard because their life is completely different than everyone else. Um, and I think that's really interesting because you've had both sides of it. Um, can you empathize with people going through it? Because it must be, they know what they need to do and you knew what you needed to do, but you just couldn't like, how hard is that when you like, it must be like a hamster wheel of, I know I need to sleep, but I'm going to go home. My kids there, I can't. Now I'm going to go back to work. Oh, I don't have time to cook. I'm going to eat rubbish food. And that it just must seem like you're on a treadmill and going nowhere. It's the same thing. Grand old day. Word. Word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard. I, for me, it was really hard. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are nurses and, but they, they tended to be only night shift. Um, I still think that that's a struggle as humans. We just didn't evolve to be awake all night. Mm. Our circadian rhythms, our hormonal, you know, the pulses of the natural hormones release. Like it's not, it's, they're not, it's not normal to be awake all night long, even if you sleep during the day. I mean, there are studies I think that show that it takes, I don't I can't remember, but X amount of years off your life. Wow. Um, yeah. So we, Oh, we all owe a big thank you to every, anyone and everyone who works overnight to keep everything running. It's a, it's at a cost to people's personal health for sure. Oh, I've got no doubt. And that's where particularly medical professionals and, you know, when you go in there and it's late at night and they're up and about and they're lovely and they're helping and you're just like, wow, you are a superstar. And I think we all realize that now uh, after particularly the pandemic, certain people mm. really stood up more than others uh, because they had to. And I think that was a really big thing. So when obviously now you said recently that you were able to change your lifestyle, Sheila, and yeah. how, how much, how good did you feel when, you know, you were able to, I know, probably get rid of all that baggage from that nine and 10 year old. Was, was that an amazing yeah. feeling? Yeah. You know, yes. You know, I feel free. I feel, and I, and I don't think I ever felt free around food and lifestyle before I learned some of the skills I learned. Um, and so, yeah, it feels good. Yes, I feel better physically. I lost 45 pounds. I feel good. But more importantly to me is I'm at, I'm at peace with food. I don't have food chatter. I'm not like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that or, oh, I shouldn't have, you know. And sometimes if I do eat something that I, I, I know how to understand why I ate it, it's, you know, incorporate that in no big deal and just move on my life is not consumed with um what am I going to eat next oh I shouldn't have eaten that you know just the chatter and um feeling really I don't know what the right word is just yeah on a hamster wheel of yeah well I think what you think. what you said is you're at you're at peace I think, I think that's one of the hardest things for anybody that is going through something that that yeah. the head noise and the chatter that we yeah. say to ourselves and the way we talk to ourselves is so bad like you would have never said the things you said yourself Sheila to anybody else but you would have probably constantly said them your whole life because yeah. of your issues with food and, and different things like this um I, I just think if anybody can be at peace with something they're going through it must be liberating yeah it is it is because I think you know it's like 
you know, you ask all these questions. Why, why am I struggling so much? Why is this so hard for me? Is there really something wrong with me? There must be something wrong. You know, and you just go over and over and over. Um, but um, want me to give everybody the secret to peace and freedom? <laughs> if you've got the key to life, let's go. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I'm bloody excited about this year. Let's go. <laughs> well, what, you know, what really changed for me, what really changed my life was understanding the choice I had and where my power really is you know that say for example well like what i like tortilla chips chips and guac that's like i love that um but you know tortilla chips are just tortilla chips they're just molecules stuck together they're just food i get to choose how i want to think about that and since, and since my thoughts create my feelings and my feelings drive my actions, you know, I can really connect. Oh, if I find myself just eating or overeating these chips, I can go back and say, what's the thought I was having or am having that's driving me to eat these chips? And so you can really start to understand why you're doing what you're doing why am i eating something that i don't want to be eating and then you think about it and you're like oh it's because i'm really bored or oh it's because i have to do that presentation i don't feel like working on that you know and then you can at least understand it which is like one of the first steps to getting your power over it and then i always say to myself every single day like when i'm around certain foods or shopping or whatever when people can do it with alcohol or anything, you know, uh, social media, I'm an, I'm a grown up. <laughs> I'm an adult. I can choose to eat that if I want to, I can choose to eat whatever I want. I'm an adult. And then the other thing is if I choose to eat that, then I accept the responsibility of the downstream effect of that which is, which might be weight gain over time, or might be, I feel crummy the next day if it's alcohol or whatever, but really like understanding, like it's my choice, you know? So if you, if you are trying to eat in a different way, but you come at it like, oh, I have to eat this salad, you know? Oh, I'm trying to lose weight. I have to eat this salad versus I'm choosing to eat this salad because I want the results that eating the salad is gonna give me. I don't know, for me, that was like freeing and empowering. Well, I, I think what you're saying there applies to anything in life, Sheila, you know, that like, and particularly I see it with people that didn't want to exercise. Oh, I have to get up and exercise. Instead of saying, yeah. I have the leisure and the pleasure of moving yeah. my body. You know, it's the, way, it's the way we talk to ourselves. And if you yeah. sell something in a bad light long enough, and it doesn't matter if it's food, body image, self-esteem, whatever it is, it's, of course, it's going to rub off because it's always a negative experience in the way we talk about it. And I think that's so important that at the end of the day, you're the one that's talking to yourself this way about something. Nobody else is doing that for you. Um, right. And it's, no one's going to change this for you. Is that, I suppose that's one of the big things. It's, it's on the, it's on you as an individual. 
Yes, for sure. And here's the difference between an adult and a child. A child can't, that's a complicated, yeah. <laughs> even though I might not have explained out. it in the greatest way. <laughs> no, you did. You explained it really well. You're, I just, I've gone through things in my life and I know that I can't blame other people for it. Like yeah, you've got yeah. to figure that out for yourself. But the that's, a complicated, that's a complicated yes. thought pattern. Oh, you sorry. need that meta skill of being able to think about your thinking. Our children can't do that. That type of thinking comes from our prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, the most evolved part of our brain. It's like some people call it the CEO of your life. It's where you plan all your executive functioning skills. That's not completely online for kids until they're 23, 24, 25, somewhere in that ballpark of things. So a little kid, like little 10-year-old Sheila, she couldn't look at Oreos and say, oh, I can choose to either eat those. Hey, you know, that was absolutely ridiculous. You know, like, of course I'm going to eat Oreos. They're like delicious. <laughs> They're there. They're looking at me. They're there. They be I, I want them. And, you know, I, it's funny. I'll tell you a funny story. My son. Um, so what we're really talking about is like for you and me as adults, if we're trying to change a habit, we can go to our future self. You know, like, and I use this example for my son. I'm like, when we're cleaning up after dinner and I'm doing the dishes and I say, oh, future Sheila is going to be so happy that she did all the dinner dishes tonight. Because when I wake up tomorrow morning, future Sheila is going to be pumped that the kitchen's <laughs> clean, you know? So I'm trying to, trying to get this message to him. And then one time I said to him, Oh, I don't, I can't even remember what food it was. Oh, I think it was a Gatorade or some like sports drinks, which has an insane amount of sugar in them. And I said, well, future Theo, you know, what about future Theo? You know, and he just cut me off. He goes, mom, I do not care about future Theo. <laughs> <laughs> uh... and I was like, oh, bam, there it is. He's 10 years old. Of course he doesn't care about future Theo. So this is why us parents we need to take over that prefrontal cortex role for our kids and not in everything. And of course we want that. We want to foster autonomy and we want, you know, we want them to eventually learn to choose the healthy habits on their own, but we can't put out a smorgasbord of food and expect them to self-regulate in any meaningful way. I'm sure some kids can, but a lot of kids can't. Yeah. And, and I oh, think that, and, sorry, you go. Sorry. <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to say was I, I always feel like I want to add in to all the parents, even if you don't have a child who's struggling with extra weight, you know, what we're talking about is processed foods, foods with a lot of added sugars, even a thin child or a normal weight child, you know, in quotes or, you know, even a child who appears that they don't have a extra weight problem, those foods are not healthy for those kids either. Yeah. And so it's really for every, it's for all parents, it's for all of us, all of us humans, like living in this modern food environment that our, you know, ancient, ancient human bodies, millennial years old, we weren't designed to handle all of these processed foods in the amounts we're getting them in right now, whether you're thin or carrying extra weight. 
really, you know, the focus is um, to change the types of foods you're eating. And parents need to be the ones to lead the way in that and model the behaviors they want to see in their kids. Oh, I love that. So I completely agree with what you're saying. You've got to lead by and model that. But even what you're doing, you know, with Theo and talking about future Sheila, like he may think as a 10 year old that you're being a bit wacky, which that's fair. He can have those thought patterns, but each time you're doing that, you're planting a seed. Like you're changing that narrative by the way you talk to yourself. And Mm. that's also really important because kids are sponges and they see what we eat. They see how we act. They see how we talk to ourselves. Um, So even if they think you're a bit wacky now, that's the way they're brought up. That, that, that'll be the language and the narrative they tell themselves when they get older. So I think that is really important. I love those really key takeaways there. Now, what are you most proud of, Sheila, with the work you do? What, what, what makes you really proud? I know, obviously, what you've been able to overcome from, you know, pretty traumatic nine and 10 year old and that <laughs> like, that's horrible. And it makes, I, I get angry about these things and that's horrible. But besides yourself, what are you most proud of the work that you do? Well, I think, you know, I I am proud of being a doctor that takes care of kids. Um, I, well, I'm proud of being a mom. <laughs> you know, that's that's huge for me. I I I I'm an older mom, and I I had wanted to have a child for so long, and finally that came true for me. Um, but I'm I am proud of. Um, I think uh, uh, my dad is a doctor too. My, he's 90 now, like I said, but he's, so he's retired, but um, it, it's a privilege to be a doctor. It's a gift. It's, and, and we take it really seriously to help people. And, you know, it's a lot of work, like I said, you know, and I, you know, I missed a lot of uh, things in life to, to go to medical school and to work all the hours that we work. Um, but at the so I, but I am proud. I'm proud of the hours and the time and the dedication. And, um, you know, I used to work in the hospital, like I said, and so sometimes I would take care of sick babies, babies who were born and, uh, and, and weren't breathing or needed resuscitation or, you know, um, things like that. And when my son was younger, I would come home and I would say, oh, I was like, Theo, you know, mommy was a real doctor today. I, I saved this baby, you know? And then like a month or two months later, he would be talking to one of his little friends and he's like, my mom saved a baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, I love that. You know? Yeah, it's just so cute, but I was proud of myself and sharing it with him and he was proud of me too. So I don't know. I just love that. What about you? What are you proud of? No, I'm pretty, pretty similar that uh, I think, I think parenthood changes every aspect of your life and what you value um, and what you value about yourself. And um, I think I'm exactly the same as you, Sheila, that you just look at the, I think the role of a parent is that'll be the biggest role if you're fortunate mm. enough to have mm-hmm. that. And some people don't want to, and some people can't. And I, I feel I'm so fortunate that I've got two young boys and uh, everything else I do in my life is second fiddle to them. And if I can raise those two and just see them smile and give them every opportunity, then for me, that's, I think, my role in the world. So I'm exactly mm. the same as what you're saying there. And um, yeah. I think that's why topics like this and 
and, and what you're doing is so important because a lot of time I find people want to change or they that they want to do the right thing, but they just don't know where to start or, or what mm-hmm. to do. And and a lot of time it's because it's not our parents' fault. Like they didn't have all the information we had or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever they've had in their life. It's not anyone's fault, but there's always ways to grow and evolve and learn. So um, people who have been listening to this say, Sheila, and they're like, well, I, I can relate to this. I really like the information. Where can we find more and, and reach out to you to obviously learn and, and work with you? Um, the best place to get in touch with me is my website, which is an adventure as going from being a doctor to being a person who has their own <laughs> website. It's been fun. Um, so it's my whole name, which is Sheila Carol MD.com. Um, I, I can spell it S H E I L A C A R R O L L M D.com two R's and two L's. Um, and they, there's my email is on that. And also I did create um, a guide because it can be overwhelming. Like, where do I start? What do I do? What's the best thing? There's so much advice and, you know, information out there. I created a, it's called 10 simple steps to help your child achieve a healthy weight. Um, and it's not, it's, it's basically just talking about sleep, uh, some nutrition things, some, you know, drinking water instead of juice or soda. Um, And so it's not something that you need to, you know, go down the checklist and one through 10, start tomorrow, put them all in place. It's no, it's like, okay, well, what do I think might work for me and my family? What's one small thing I can start doing, you know, try it, see how it's going. Once you're, once you've got that new thing under your belt, try something else. So it's, you know, for any parent out there, there's really nothing too small to do, you know, that would help. So, you know, I think just starting small, you know, being willing to start, right? Like we were saying, getting that, you know, a body in motion stays in motion. One, just just be willing to start um, and, and reach out for help if you need help because there's plenty there's plenty of help out there and anyone can email me and I'll email you back. I I love that and I think that's a really relevant and great point and this applies to anything that start small you don't need to change everything in one go like little steps make big steps if you continually add those and I love that idea of you know 10 steps because parents are listening or people are listening, even if you don't have kids, this could be, you know, I'm mm. sure you could sleep more. I'm sure you could drink more water. I'm sure you eat more better. They're all different things that will help individuals in whatever area of their life. Just pick one, work on it. If that goes well, then you add another one and you keep building. So um, to get that, this is episode number 290, we'll have links for all of those in the show notes. Um, and you can reach out to Sheila and to say, thanks so much. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about podcasting and, and chatting that you get to hear and sort of feel you know, people really do care. It's not just a website. And I'm sure today people, Sheila, have heard you and they're like, wow, I can relate to a lot of things she's been saying and I really like her energy. Reach out, let her know, because um, the more we can spread positive stuff around, you know, that narrative we use around health, not around weight, not around diet, none of that crap. Um, it's a lifestyle. And I think that's so important. So Sheila, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been lovely to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Dale.